Welcome in, everybody. A little short intro on this one. Uh, uh, glad to have you here. Kostaki Economopoulos here with All Pro Lines, the podcast, football comedy talk. That's what we do. My guest is Tom Simmons, and he'll be out here in just a few minutes. We got a lot to cover. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but it's uh, playoff time, baby. Um, yeah, I'm a, I've never, I, you know. I'm excited. It's there's a certain freedom to ah, my team's out of it, and now I can just kind of enjoy the arc of the stories and the things. And they fired my team's coach last night. They didn't even wait till Black Monday. It was a Black Sunday night for Arthur Smith. Um, yeah, really. I, and I've got a couple things I really am looking forward to discussing with Tom, and uh, we'll go through the different uh, playoff matchups and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we got a lot. We got a lot. Um, there's a great offer from our friends at BetMGM. $1,500 in bonus bets if you don't win. Uh, there are links in the link tree at all the social media platforms for all pro lines. It's a really great offer. I'm actually not allowed to play because I'm in California, but uh, they are legal in most of the Midwest states. And so that's where most of our listeners are. And so if you're interested in one of the big boys, bet MGM is good at what they do and uh, check them out. It's a great offer. And they give us a couple of shekels for sending you their way and you got nothing to lose from them. It doesn't cost you anything and you get this super cool offer and off and running. Uh, next weekend. What day is it? Monday. It's this weekend. Ashtabula and Erie. I'm excited about that. Hope I get there. It's going to be some weather. Uh, and in a couple of weeks from now, I'm doing a Michigan run. We're just finishing up some of the details. Kalamazoo, Jackson, we're going to do something up north. Uh, Kostaki.com will have details on that shortly. Uh, all right. We, uh, we got a little behind the eight ball here. Let's uh, let's jump in. And the two-minute drill. Arthur Smith is the son of the FedEx founder, so he knows how to quickly send resumes. He'll be all right. He's now celebrating breast cancer awareness with a pink slip. Uh, he was pissed because the Saints scored in garbage time. Wait, in a Falcon season, is it all clock time? Garbage time? He was he was mad. Oh, now he wants to do something about the other team scoring? Not very good time. It was a fake kneel down. It's an interesting. I'm going to knock this around with Tom. Uh, the Saints apologize after the game, which is a rare win for Arthur Smith. Now I'll have something good to talk about when he's drinking coffee at the McDonald's with the other uh, retirees. Uh, we may have to put the Eagles back on the endangered list. What happened to the Eagles, dude? First 12 weeks, they were an unstoppable juggernaut. Glorious, unstoppable eagle. And the last six weeks, they look like Sam the Eagle from the Muppet Show. They look more like Foghorn Leghorn. The Eagles. The Eagles went bad faster than an avocado. I should eat that today. Ah, too late. They went bad faster than a teenage sitcom star. They just fell off a cliff. Lemmings called the Eagles to uh, offer their empathy. Off a cliff, everybody. Eagles bench Jalen Hurts. Marietta came in and threw an interception on the first play. I believe that's called the Falcon when you do that. A.J. Brown held the players-only meeting at an escape room. Did, 
Well, they definitely escaped the one seat. So congratulations. <laughs> what, what the, the Falcons should not try to do that. They can't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. Foxborough snow game. Game was so white. It fought people at target for a Stanley cup. It was, it was a white game. The concession stand was a cracker barrel. You had to be in the HOA to get in. It was super white. I thought it was an episode of Friends. It was white. It was like a hockey game broke out. They filmed a Hallmark movie there. It complained about us. <laughs> it complained at a school board meeting. Huh? It was very white. It still does that explosion thing after a fist bump. It's very, very white. It's seen every episode of Yellowstone. It got a pumpkin spice latte. See where I'm going here? When it sings Sweet Caroline, it adds, bah, bah, bah. It was super white. Reports are Belichick and the Patriots are headed for a divorce. Who gets custody of Gronk? I'm worried about the kid. I saw the headline, Belichick declines to discuss future. How is that a headline? Isn't that every day? This guy. And I saw another article that suggested he might do TV instead of coach. He doesn't fucking talk. Who's, how could he do TV? Who's the co-host? Marcel Marceau. They just stare at each other. You bring in 2014 Marshall Lynch too. Share a few words of wisdom with all of us. Belichick would, he's not good at anything that requires talking in the public eye. Can you imagine him as a fortune teller? Oh, great. Belichick. We'll ever find true love on to Cincinnati. Focused on next week. Colts only had one third down conversion. Harry Krishna's at the airport convert more than that. <laughs> oh, this is, a, I don't know if this is, this is interesting to me. I didn't know this. Uh, Tua's got a brother. Taulia Tagovailoa is petitioning the NCA for another year of eligibility. Wait, his name's Taulia and his brother is Tua. Come on, crazy Hawaiians with your names. Yeah, I'm looking down my big Greek nose at you Hawaiians with your preposterous names. Your name's Ta Tagovailoa. Take it easy on the first names, Tua and Talia. When there's a phone call, how do you know who it's for? When the mail comes and the... This is the Hawaiian version of George Foreman. Stop it with the... The Browns use a first-round pick on Tim Couch. This year, they just signed a better quarterback off the couch. Pretty good. Pretty good way to do it. Here's a fun subject. Tyreek's Hill, Tyreek Hill's house caught on fire. Thankfully, nobody was injured. Is there anyone on earth more qualified to run from a fire? Tyreek Hill. He's nimble, fast. It's pictures of the big billowy smoke coming out of the roof. It looked like he got a visit from Josh Gordon. The fire, it turns out the fire was caused by a child playing with a lighter. Pretty obvious lesson here. Uh, use a condom. Children will, children will ruin your life. Don't. All right. <laughs> Got a bunch of other stuff about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if I should do. That's a touchy subject. It's a lot going on with the thing and the thing. All right. We did the plugs. We did the thing. Let's bring in Tom. We'll just fuck around and talk for a while. Uh, one of the great comics, so one of my great friends, and uh, good dude as well. 
uh, fellow Falcon fan and uh, thoughtful character in the world. Tom Simmons, everybody. Hey, hey man. Buddy. Hey, dude. hey, dude. What's the Aaron Rodgers stuff? I don't. What, how have I missed that? There's a controversy about him. What's going? What do you mean? That's the Aaron Rodgers story. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He said on McAfee this week that uh, uh, they, somehow the Epstein list came up and Rogers said, among other things, yeah, people are going to be really upset when that comes out. Jimmy Kimmel and some other people. Was like, <laughs> wait, what? Was Kimmel on it? No. And I, I did some, I did a bit of a deep, I don't I, I'm, I'm a little scared to talk about this because I stepped into a hornet's nest. I posted like a silly joke about it. And it, the comments went like fucking bananas. What do you mean? And I, I, well, I came to find out. I didn't know this. I didn't think it was a political joke. It was just a joke about, it was really a nothing joke, actually. It's kind of a joke we've done before. It was um, uh, Rogers suggested that Jimmy Kimmel's on the Epstein list. Uh, hey, Rogers, why don't you worry about being on your your own family's Thanksgiving invite list. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. That seems a obscure. About, like, yeah. Wasn't a, a joke, joke about I didn't him taking position. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't get along with his own family. Right. That's, that's the joke. Yeah. So, uh, comments went bananas. Turns out there is a very moving, churning conspiracy theory that involves Jimmy Kimmel being a giant pedophile. And, Apparently Rogers was somehow aware of this and believes it. And I went into this crazy rabbit hole for a while and there's no evidence of anything. Jimmy's Jimmy said he's never met Epstein. He's never been on a plane, never done anything. He threatened to sue Aaron Rodgers, And it became kind of a big story in part because. Uh, oh, McAfee had to apologize. McAfee is on. He's a part of the Disney universe. It's the same. It's the same universe that Kimmel's on. So it's extra tricky. For McAfee. I wonder. I wonder if McAfee would apologize anyway. Like because that's that's if if he knows Kimmel or even if he doesn't. Like it. Once he looked into that, he'd have to be like, "Dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't. I'm taking his word for it on the Achilles, but like he's just making shit up about Jimmy Kimmel." He, I, he sort, I thought he handled it well, actually. And I saw him talk about it the following day. He went on this sort of uh, very McAfee kind of ramble, but it was clearly like prepared. Like he clearly put a lot of time into it because it fucking blew up that night. It was a big story. And he sort of rambled and apologized for being a part of something that was yucky. And he, you know, we, we try to do fun stuff here. And he didn't, he said, look, it felt to me like Aaron was just talking shit. I'm not sure it was a real accusation. We'll let him address that when he's back. And I thought he handled it really well. And McAfee had an interesting thing. The very next day, uh, I think it's unrelated, McAfee called out one of his superiors at uh, one of the big shots at ESPN for undermining his program and uh, like releasing some stats and trying to control the narrative. And oh, okay. That was, I think that's interesting too, because I mean, from a, from a, again, I don't really know McAfee well, and I've got mixed feelings about him some of the time, but I love this kind of thing because he's, he's basically just like 
a guy in the world, but he's established enough groundswell of support from the universe that he doesn't need ESPN. Like if they fire him, he's like, well, I'll just go back to making my millions doing my own. Like what's what I was doing yesterday, you know? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel the same thing about that Cat Williams thing that came out. It's like he... Yeah, I want to talk to you about that too. He's built up this credibility over the years. I can't really name any Cat Williams jokes from his any of his 12 specials or... But I know Cat Williams is funny, and somehow he's, I don't know, he just has a credibility that he's earned that right. allows him to say those things, and then somehow that gives him more credibility, except for the running a 4-3 thing. I, I, there's no chance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I also noticed ever since that little kid beat him up in the hood or whatever, like now he wears like enough rings that it looks like brass knuckles basically. So maybe he's, <laughs> he's gearing up for his, but he said some crazy, I haven't seen the whole interview, but I've watched like whatever, Same. like a dozen short Same. clips on Twitter. And I was I like, holy it. shit. <laughs> yeah. He's, he well, called he, out I, lots of, lots of people, lots of big names in the black entertainment universe in particular. I, well, I, you know what? I think if some, uh, if he knew which, like, big, if Bill Burr was stealing jokes from Cat Williams, you know what I'm saying? If Bill, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I have a feeling he would have been in those crosshairs too. Cause he also, Cat would say those cool things like, I don't know, we don't know why liars lie. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, that's such a simple sentence, but it's like, wow, have I never heard that before? That's a great way to say that. That's a way that thing that he does is he says a truth in a way that you're like, oh, it's just, unique to him you know and, oh, to yeah. and to cedric when he takes it from him you know <laughs> he's interesting i it makes me want to want to watch a little more cat williams actually yeah what is that show is that a regular show that uh you know it's a shannon sharp thing right it's uh it's it, a it's, podcast yeah, it, it looked like a, is it's not just a one-off it just happens to be the one that blew up i've never heard of it yeah, prior i think he i hadn't either but I think he's done a lot of shows, like a hundred shows. I think he's been, that's, that's something he's done over the, over the last year or so. Oh, okay. He also does another, another version, I think with, um, Ocho Cinco where they do like me and you are doing, oh, okay. Like they live stream and do stuff like that. So I've seen clips like that. I don't ever watch podcasts or things like that. I just watch in clips when I see them, you know? Okay. But yeah, that was well, that was great. Well, Cat you know I mean? the, said something pretty derogatory about our friend Earthquake, which is something I'd never heard before. <laughs> he said he's illiterate. That's why he yeah. can't make it in, in show business. They give him a script and he can't read it. It's like what, I what? oddly watched that. Like, is he slamming Earthquake there, or is he? <laughs> I. I, I, Earthquake. He's not as Cat Williams isn't as funny as Earthquake. Let's. I, mean, I love Cat Williams, but. Earthquake's truly great at the. I mean, not that he's not. I'm just. I, I agree. I've seen it up close, man. I've seen him host a show for four hours where he opened the show cold and closed the show and did time in between twenty five comics. I've, I've seen Earthquake yeah. up close being uh, very, very good at comedy. Yeah. Well, in Cat's defense, I, I, I didn't. I haven't seen him reading. <laughs> It's, I love Earthquake. He's very well educated, but I, I don't I, I I can't say, wait a minute, I remember once when he was reading a book when we were riding around in cars. You know what I mean? Like 
<laughs> well, you guys were young. You're smoking weed and playing video games and yeah. being idiots, right? <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm surprised to hear that. I wouldn't be surprised to know that he couldn't, because he can t- he text and stuff. He's always text and stuff, so he can, he can. I mean, that's a level of. He's not so maybe it's just on the hyper, level. It's hyperbole. He's trying to say that he's not very sharp and he's exaggerating to make the point. No, I've heard that before. You haven't heard that before? Like when Quake had a, they, Quake, that's a part, like when we would have conversations, like why isn't Quake huge? You know, like, like we used to have about, like right. why isn't Brian Regan all over? Because they're different things that stand up and that, so the transition is different, but that was one of the things that you kind of heard whispers like, ah, oh, well, he doesn't. He's, he doesn't read well, you know, and that wow, could mean so either he weird. doesn't read well or he doesn't he doesn't read well for parts. But I think it was I'd heard that before, but I, I don't oh, know. Wow. I would that would be surprised because he's so such a bright dude. But, you know, some people don't. That's they grow up like that. You know, they grow up and they don't. Yeah, they don't I get really it. learn it. But, but I've seen like... him scribble and set lists and stuff. But, you know, it's probably a I don't know. I have heard I have heard that before. So for to to hear that was a little like oh like shit. That what are you doing? I couldn't I couldn't figure out if he was trying to say he should be advanced because of how good he is. Right. Just to say it that way seemed like a like a shot. But he's had shots in show business for twenty years. Wouldn't you grab someone quietly and run off and? get better at reading (laughs) when you, once you're a grown up, I understand that you would have some unfortunate sequence of things when you're young, but once you become a smart grown up who has a lot of opportunities, like quietly grab an assistant, have them sign a DNA and teach you how to fucking read or read better or whatever it is. Yeah. I think, you know, I think when you're, I'm just saying like people in general, I think that we, we reach a point where we, you know, we, we are who we are and we've gotten as far as we have. And then, you know, if you're a certain level of success without doing a thing, you know, I should go to the gym every day. I should, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of things that we should do to improve ourselves that we just don't because I've got a kid now and I've got a thing. I got to pay this bill and I got to fly to St. Louis and do a show and damn, I got to come up with a new hour for a special, you know, like whatever those things are that then you put off those other things, I think. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, give him too much shit about that i'm getting a crackly thing is that might be your microphone hitting your sweater or something i got it yeah uh what do you i've got so many questions for you all right have you ever heard any of this jimmy kimmel stuff before no although you know i did i have heard you know the list came out which was weirdly covered up by the story of Cat Williams blowing up, talking about how the Illuminati covers things up, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Such a you know, curious thing happening. Curiously, that was one of the original beefs that I, I didn't know any of this either. But like Rogers is mad at Kimmel because Kimmel sometimes makes fun of him on the show, and one of the one of the beats was apparently last year. Uh, Rogers, he's probably mad at you. He's probably mad at me. <laughs> Get Rogers to go on the club Shay Shay. He's gonna be like these comics. They're tearing their hacks. They don't know what they're talking about. They're writing jokes <laughs> about my Achilles just because he's Greek. He thinks he can make fun of me. Now he's yeah, going after Tua with his name, Kostaki Economopoulos. By the way, I thought his younger <laughs> brother's name was Thria. Are you sure it wasn't Thria? <laughs> make make way more sense. <laughs> 
No, apparently uh, Rogers at some point suggested that the reason that there was information about aliens was to distract us from the Epstein list. And so Kimmel had some like, yeah, whatever, tinfoil hat, you know, concussion protocol, sort of not a particularly great joke or whatever. But apparently this kind of stuff is stuck in his craw. So he's kind of crabby about Jimmy Kimmel for that yeah. reason. He's, he's, and Kimmel's probably the, the, you know, the voice that annoys him too, because I don't know, it's, it's a, he, that's a face he can put on all of us that are making fun of him. You know what I mean? Right. And sort of address that. Although you know, I mean, Tom Segura has a great running bit about how Garth Brooks is a serial killer. You know what I mean? And people like get in touch with Garth Brooks about that all the time. And so he has sort of a running thing with Tom Segura, you know? So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think we have to is. be careful what you say in public and, and people kind of like chirping back at me in the comments on the thing. I'm like, well, you know, Kimmel makes fun of people all the time. Like Kimmel, We'll write a joke about something from the headlines and tell that joke. That's what we've been doing as a culture in late night television for 50 years. Just suggesting in public without a joke that a guy with no, without any facts is a pedophile is fucking slander. It's not the same thing. Yeah, it's I agree. A, he could be in some big trouble, actually, depending on, I don't know. We'll see. Well, but, you look at but the immediately, list. Make sure like, he's this not is, on the list. But to this, this whole underworld of people who kind of think this already or or have heard some rumors to this effect, and this new thing is now solidifying their opinion about Kimball, and there's no merit to it. Right. Stephen Hawkins, at least on the list. Yeah, but even that apparently, like there's a, there's a Hawking thing that has been faked that became a part of the right national conversation. Really? <laughs> Yeah, like it's hard to know what the truth is unless you like really go down the fucking rabbit hole and work on all this shit and study it. And I don't usually do that. And most people don't do it ever. And you just kind of what you, what you hear enough becomes true to you. That's yeah, yeah, I think this yeah. is I think this is a real fucking problem for the country, for the society, for a democracy because there's a, there's a whole universe of people who no longer trust mainstream news. And so now they're trusting just a churning cabal of cuckoo lies because they don't know where else to turn. Right. So they may be really, you're surprised that people that human beings are trusting in a bunch of cuckoo lies. What do you suggest I, that they, they go back to religion? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> haven't we been doing that forever? <laughs> What did, what did the Greeks do? Didn't they have like 74 gods running around with, a, with, a, with an Achilles and a thing? And a, this guy had a golden hair or whatever. And this Zeus but it's had not, lightning. It's not a fringe. It's not a fringe group is what I'm saying. It's not like it's not like some weird 1% of flat earthers that you can easily dismiss. It's a giant mountain of people who are embracing a lot of things that are not true because they don't trust the mainstream media and so they're not able or willing to get straightened out and now we're talking about different facts but in their defense you shouldn't trust it there's you know what i'm saying like there's if there's four companies that own it all they're they're not looking out for your benefit they're not they're they want you to think a certain way they're gonna these are this the, that's so all that all that stuff is sort of rooted in a thing we need to be aware of but they're not yes. rigging and writing the football season preseason you know what i mean there's not right. a that's what i mean it's gotten to that level of yeah i agree with you that 
mainstream media outlets have significant problems in terms of a democratic system because they're going to underreport wars and they're going to do lazy reporting and you're not going to have investigative things and you're you'll be motivated to not you know talk about Raytheon because that's the part owner of the parent company yes there are significant problems with mainstream media but mainstream media has very strong ethics about waiting to report until you're talking about something that's definitely true and that's not what's happening. And the, the internet is the opposite. If you make up a lie about Jimmy Kimmel, to use the example, it has an opportunity to be gigantically successful in social media. You can actually make a lot of money by creating crazy lies. Oh my God. That you know there's I just an audience watched, for. I went down a little bit of a thing this weekend where it was like, I saw 20 too many aliens on the loose in Miami in a mall stories. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you saw this story. So, yeah, yeah. Briefly. This, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that Eagles, you know what I'm saying? You're, there's a joke for that Eagles run you were doing right there. They've collapsed. They're, they're like a microcosm of America. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They are the Eagle. They started off great. They looked good for a while. They're cruising. Just now yeah. it's just on the downside. Crazy. Anyway, All right. Let's talk football. This is cheerful. Look cheerful we have super the super playoffs have you ever heard it called the super wild card weekend before this seems like the first year they might have done it last year it's because there's a monday that's that's what makes it super they had a monday to it and there's they two. got and they put one of the games on peacock so you can't watch it unless you get peacock oh see, that this actually is thing sucks people are freaking peacock. out about this i already have peacock because i have to have it to watch the sunday night game do okay. you watch, I guess you have NBC and the traditional, whatever your cable is. Yeah, I watch the NBC version. Okay. See, I, I can't, I don't have it on Sling. So I have to, I already have to pay for Peacock. So for me, it's nothing. But I, I totally get it. It's annoying that there's like five different NFL platforms and you've got to pivot and figure out this fucking it's, yeah. I, I totally agree with the complaint. But they did the same thing with somewhere, you know what I mean? But this, they did the same thing not... with Thursday Night Football. You can only see it on Amazon. And they, you know, there's a few other of these kind of things. Some of the games they are only on NFL Network. Um, I get it. It's frustrating. I'm with you. I'm with the complaints on that. All right, let's look at the playoffs here. Okay. So full schedule is out. I didn't really <clears throat> see yesterday. So yeah, we got there's six games. Cleveland there's Houston. Two on Saturday. There's three on Sunday and there's one Monday. I like that there's a playoff game Monday. I think that's kind of cool. I do too. Uh, Cleveland, Houston. Ah, see, all these matchups are good. And that's probably the least interesting of the bunch. Joe Flacco against uh, CJ Stroud. That's awesome. Is there, by the way, is there is there normally only one buy? I thought they're used to the top two used to get by. Is that not true? Most of our lives, there were two buys and now there's one. It's been two or three years now of this one buy system. Yeah. Um, Arthur Smith got a good buy, right? <laughs> I'm kind of happy about that. I know you are. I know you are. Are you happy I don't, how quick it happened? Or did I you think want that, I think the bigger issue is the quarterback than the coach, but I am also fine with yes. the new coach. That guy again. How many turnovers yesterday did he have? <laughs> I'm, it'd be fine with me if we never see either one of these people again. 
he's like he's the new version, dude. He's turnover GPT. He's <laughs> Ritter. Ritter's probably going to be the backup because he's That's cheap, fine. right? He's on a rookie contract, so you got to keep him around, right? That's fine. He's fine for a backup. He's probably the fiftieth best quarterback in the world. Back okay, up. we're not talking about the Falcons. That's next year's playoffs and matchups. They'll be there next year. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, good. yeah. Who wins, Browns or uh, Texans? Uh, I don't think either one of those teams is for real, so I'm just going to go Cleveland. I'm, I'm looking at this list. I think this is the least interesting of the six, and it's very interesting. But most of these teams, are, most of these teams are gone. These teams are gone. Most of the wild card, the wild card teams are gone. Really, but maybe a well, fluke, one or two, like that. You know, but yeah, yeah, that's how we do. All right. Dolphins at Kansas City. Kansas City gets their shit together and sweeps the floor with them. Something happened for me last night watching that game when they were talking about their defensive line and how many injuries that Miami's had on the defensive line, and then another guy goes down, and then it, I think that's huge to to have a have that. It seems like they have a lot of injuries, so I think. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think so too. And that running back, whatever, Pacheco, that guy, out of, I, I didn't know he was so good until like three weeks ago. And then I'm just like, what? who is this guy? He's mad at the ground when he runs. He, runs so- <laughs> he does run weird. He looks like a little kid showing you how hard he's running. His shoes are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how you uh, fake run hard. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right, right, right. Like he probably sneaks like a cartoon character where he actually does like this. <laughs> Steelers at, at bills on Sunday morning here in Los Angeles. Uh, that's interesting. I'm going bills. No brainer. I'm actually flying out of Buffalo that night. I wonder if that's going to be a problem for me. I could go to that game. <laughs> Are you working that's- Buffalo? I'm I'm doing Erie and Buffalo is the cheap direct flight choice. I hadn't put this together yet. I'm glad it's not while I'm telling jokes on Saturday night. Be nobody there. Uh I think Buffalo wins that easily. Although that's I don't know. Steelers. Well, are- I mean, again, the Steelers best best players out. Yep. So uh Green Bay at Dallas. That's the Holmgren Bowl. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Got to think Dallas will win that. Yeah, I do too. And the matchup, the matchup dream is uh, Stafford going home to Detroit with the Los Angeles Rams to play the Lions. These are all great. These are all great. And then Monday is Eagles at Bucks. That's probably the least interesting. I think that's the only game that's really that interesting to be. I mean, the Miami Kansas City game and the LA Detroit game are not 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 that the others aren't interesting, but I just Steelers, those are the two Bills, those are the two I would Packers, predict would be Packers Cowboys. These are fun matchups. I love all of them. But the, the Packers the Packers are okay. Pittsburgh's okay. I mean, they're going to lose because they're 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 the last teams in. Yeah, they're not good, man. They're nine and eight, 
or whatever. They're just, they're okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. The bills um, have won six, six straight or whatever. So they might just because of math, right. You'd be like, they're good. They're down, bound to have a bad game, but I feel like they've won a game having a bad game. Right. Anyway. Um, what about Philly was- Tampa? I can't believe that's it. That could be interesting. It should be a slaughter, but Phillies look so terrible lately. Yes. I don't yes. know. They have to play in Tampa because the Tampa won the division. <laughs> so they get a home game. It's such a silly construct. Yeah. Um, I want to do, I want to, let's do this. Well, you really have this. Here's the number I was just looking for. Fifth, 15th straight winning season as head coach of the Steelers. That's amazing. That they, that they have, have a winning season this year and last year since Roethlisberger. The team's got no business being good, and they're still in the playoffs, and they're still good. Mike Tomlin, kudos. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I got to go with – I got to agree with you. That that really is amazing. So they, I heard he was sort of – on the hot seat earlier in the season. Yeah, like it didn't make any sense. He doesn't, yeah. a, he doesn't have a quarterback. He's he's doing his best. Give him a, give him a break. They would yeah, be dumb. I would, dumb love, I would love a coach like that. Me too. Oof. The last chance the Falcons had of really nailing a coach like that was when they should have hired Tony Dungy, and that was they went oh. with, they went with Jerry Glanville, and they've been making decisions like that ever since. <laughs> Is Dungy still available? No, I don't think so. He's happy in the TV world. He doesn't have to yeah. work quite as hard. All right. You got a taps for us? I think I'm going to go with that. I love and you know, or the, or the uh, Texans, just the way they, what they did with their season, you know? Yeah. They've uh, had a good run. Yeah. It's crazy. And Belichick uh, for breaking the most losses record. Congratulations. Yeah. Most losses by a head coach. Whatever, did he tie it or did he break it? It's, it's got. I didn't look at the number, but it's got to be a huge number. Yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. coaching forever. That's right. Yeah, Arthur Smith would break that record, but he's only but he's only going to coach these three years, right? If he coached it's, as many years as Belichick, he'd have more losses than. It's sort of Powell. like having the most interceptions record. It's kind of not fair because you've hung around long enough. You're gonna, you know what I mean? If you've earned the right to play for 20 years, that's how you get the interceptions record. Yes. It's like um, it's like a it's it's like a pitcher that gets 300 wins, and you're you're like, wow, he's a don. He has 300. Very few pitchers, and then you look and see he's like he's like 307 and 284. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a thin line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I gotta. I know you don't want to talk Falcons, but I just want, philosophically, I want to ask you because I'm curious. It's 41-17. Did you see the end of this game? I had to go back and figure out what happened because I didn't see it at the time. It's 41-7. The Falcons are down. There's a minute and 13 seconds left. The Saints are on the Falcons' one-yard line. 
They're up by 24 points. They go into the victory formation. They fake the kneel down and hand it off and get a touchdown. Now it's 48 to 17. Uh, that's what Mike was mad about. And I think I agree with him. Of course he's supposed to be mad, but you know what? That's, I was reminded in the, I was flying. So when I saw it, it was 14, 14. And then I went to the bathroom and came back and it was 21, 14. And then I was like, I got on the plane and next, it just kept getting worse. Right. Yeah. So it was a close game for a minute, but, and I just had that. I for, I, I had forgot about the Falcon saints rivalry, to be honest. Oh but yeah. That is like, our, they're our worst enemy. Yeah. I just, and I, I, Something about when I was in the airport and I saw it was they were they were up seven and I was watching Derek Carr celebrate in the end zone with the Saints on some play and I just something in me was like God, not only are we going to suck this year but we're going to lose to the Saints. <laughs> I never, at the I've end, never like, really embraced that part. I don't, I, my brother has a little bit of this. Like oh, I. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really realize I did until like I'd forgotten that I had that from like in my core. It's like childhood trauma or whatever, you know, <laughs> resurfacing. And and then, and I I remember thinking I literally thought that rivalry isn't like it used to be. You know, it's just two crappy teams playing. And then the fact that that happened is kind of cool. And it's like, yes, that's you know, good job, Saints. I hate you, right? You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to rub it in your rival. That's like a 30 year rivalry. You're supposed to do that. And you're it was James Winston. I feel so like of course a... he made another terrible decision. That guy just it's can't. Like, Any break he gets, a... he has to screw himself. It's a Steve Spurrier like run up the score move. There's something about it that's off putting to me. But I, but, but I also, I also totally understand the other side of like, Stop complaining about run up the score. Stop them. You're the coach and the thing. It's your team. You don't want to be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. You're yeah. you're already embarrassed whether that's a touchdown or not. Shut up. And you know there was something to like the reason that they didn't the Saints coaching staff didn't call that play right. That's the players wanting to get what I what my understanding is one of the players hadn't scored all year and they were like yeah, let's Jamal get him a Williams touchdown. hadn't scored. They wanted to get him a touchdown. Yeah, well, he should get a touchdown. The d argument for the Falcons fan is, well, then he should get a touchdown in regular play somewhere. <laughs> oh, good. We're putting in the Down syndrome kid to score on the one at the end of the game. Why don't you? That would be the ultimate insult when NFL teams start doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> they pull out the Down syndrome kid. <laughs> you always see that clip of like the 85 year old man running the ball and everyone's running alongside him. Yes. I like how you guys. cleaned that up and made it better. I had to. Go I mean, <laughs> trying to go less offensive. We'll get fewer emails about the old man. <laughs> they, have, they do have to be on board, right? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, comic Derek Trundy was stopped into the studio, and he, he, he was laughing at us saying that as he was walking away, and he's like, "The problem with that is the other team's got to be on board." Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's another part of it that's kind of fascinating that you, if you're the coach, like Shannon Sharp today said he would fire Jameis Winston. He would cut him today. Like you can't, I send a play in and you just do something else. Like you can't, you can't do that. You have to establish that you're the authority here. You can't have the players fucking around. That's an interesting argument. I don't know. Yeah, I can. I totally get, I mean, he, the coach wouldn't apologize if he was pissed, if he wasn't pissed. He would have stood up. I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was interesting because I think the coach was a little like taken aback with the handshake moment. And then at the immediately at the press conference, he opened by apologizing. He goes, that's not what we that's not what I called. That's not what we're going to do. That's I wonder how many Saints ball. fans are like, I wonder how many Saints fans are irritated at that. Like old school rivalry Saints fans are like, you know what? You don't apologize for that. You back your players. You don't, that's, that's football. You know what I mean? This is, this is your rival. You're supposed to have some of this happen. This is the way it is. This is, this is what makes football cool. Yeah. I hate that team extra than the other team that normal other teams we play. But I think it's we have a, a history of doing this to each other. I I think I can agree with that argument too, but the fake kneel down is extra spicy yeah. insane. Like yes, the other team is not even because it's the douchey thing to do is to play hard defense on the victory formation, yes. which occasionally a team will do that. And everyone's like, what the fuck? But this is why, because once in a while, something weird happens. I don't know. Yeah. This is, this has been, you know, I, I can't come down firmly on one side or the other. I think you come <laughs> down seriously. I, I literally, cause you just changed the whole argument again for me. Cause you're right. You have to, the defense isn't going to try if they, if they were dicks and really played it to full effort, you guys would yeah. be kicking and screaming about that. Right, right, right. And we had that a few years ago. There was a coach for the Buccaneers that like on a, on a kneel down was like the defense was like flying over and hitting people. And they were like, what a dick, you know? I got to admit, when I played, that's when I played any sport, that's kind of how I played. Like, if there was any chance, (laughs) I'm going to try it. You know what I mean? I was, I was that guy that would be jumping over the center trying to take the ball, like uh, between him and the quarterback, like whatever the last second effort thing. I, I, yeah, yeah. Until that thing was over, I'm trying to win that game. I get it. I always had that sort of, this is where the comeback starts. Come back with it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I, I get it i get that part um all right let's do uh that's what makes I chess know, hard because you got to look ahead and be like all right i'm tipping it that's what makes chess hard how did you get well you to have that? to give up you have to give up in chess you, oh, you see you're overwhelmed and you have to be like all right i'm and you're like well you're not in checkmate yet and you're like yeah but you're there's nothing i can do and you're two moves away from that so you know, I'm down, oh, I'm down four, I'm down three pieces right now. I can't win this game unless you do, you know, I'll, I'll knock, I'll concede games like that. All right. I know you like the, I know you like the, now it's time for which comes first. Oh yes. It's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? Long pause. It's time I have a joke. for which comes first. All right. Yeah, chicken. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> the rooster. The rooster comes first. See, that's a <laughs> that's a dad joke. Uh, yeah, the comes first, right? Come on. You want to tell that with the kids around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got kids watching. <laughs> you need college level kids for that joke. We got Jimmy Kimmel's kids watching. <laughs> <clears throat> So, so just to wrap up the other thing. So I was, def- I, I mean, I don't know Jim. I met Jimmy Kimmel once for thirty seconds. I, don't, I don't know the guy. I'm not defending him because I, I, I guess there's a little bit of camaraderie amongst comics, but it was mostly the idea of 
a giant mountain of people accusing somebody of something terrible with no facts. I was just annoyed by that, right? So I'm in the comments and I'm posting that, that this has been retracted and this has been shown to be a fake. And I'm, you know, I'm in the mix with all these characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying then, to prove you're right. And then, of course, oh, well, you, are you defending a pedophile like this? That's, you're probably on the list. Immediately, it's like, I'm the, now I'm a pedophile. Okay, how, you know the people telling you that? You know the people that are telling you that? That's how civil the conversation is. They're the same people that supported Ray Moore in, in Alabama. They're the same people that, like, you know what I mean? They supported the guy who was who was down there playing his trumpet for him. You know what I mean? They, they these, the, the Jim Jordan, like, they, these guys are that. What is he, what are they talking about? And then they're like, your guy goes there, right. you know? And I, I saw, I actually saw a video of um, Lewis Black talking on uh, Martin. Yeah, Norman. me too. Yeah, where he, he went talked to the, about how went he ended to the house. up Epstein. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yes. all right. Which comes first, a coach we feel good about for the Falcons, or a quarterback we feel good about? Wow, I just I you're stumped. <laughs> You can't imagine yes. either one of those things ever happening. <laughs> well, the owner's the same. <clears throat> the owner's the same, but he's he made what he I think was a difficult decision yesterday to do what he thinks will improve the team. It's weird how hard it is to get either one of those. Yeah, really I know. it seems easy to be like, why don't we just get a uh, uh, Mike Tomlin? Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not they're, they don't grow on trees. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so. I don't I don't even I I don't even know what to say about that. I hope we get a good GM before we get then then they'll those other two things will take care of themselves. I've been thinking about this since I decided to ask you this. I think the answer is quarterback because I think we're going to get a unless it's Belichick I think we're going to get a coach that's kind of a a relative unknown at the head coaching level. And so we won't know that answer to that for a while, but I think they're going to be, their hand is forced. Now they've had two years and maybe three, depending on how you define the last Matt Ryan year of terrible quarterback play. And they have to do something dramatic this off season. And so I think whether it's signing Kirk cousins or Justin Fields or drafting, moving up in the draft and getting one of these hotshot kids that are coming out. I think we're going to feel good about a quarterback in April. Wow. All right. At least have some excitement and like have, have upside promise. Right. I guess I, yeah. And then we won't know about the coach until whatever, December. I don't know. I, I I feel like when you say it, I feel like I'm going to be opposite. I'm going to feel good about the coach first. Okay. Because we'll get we'll get the coach first, and it'll be like sort of some hope. Like when we got Arthur Smith, I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be great, man. He's 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 gonna he's gonna build a solid team like the Titans did. That's fundamental, and you know, right. And uh, I thought the same thing when they got Dan Quinn. I was like, dude, he built that defense in Seattle. You know, what I mean? and then. It turns out in both cases, the personnel was amazing, you know? Yeah, that's – I sort of struggle with the coaches being the GMs. 
Yeah. It's weird how many positions are hard to fill. And I think it, I was thinking it might be because these guys, they, <clears> I was reading about Arthur's or about Arthur blank, making all these calls around the league about coaches and stuff. And he's there. All these guys are talking to each other and they're, they're the ones that have made the same terrible decisions throughout the league for, 20 years and they're like what do you think is a good coach well, same guy i thought was a good coach 10 years ago that wasn't you should right, have right. like i mean what you want the dream is to find someone who's on the up from like you know find a mcveigh type or a like this the coach yeah. of the dolphins you know it's like someone who's young and filled with life and really knows their shit and uh, but then you think you have and that and you don't, you know, like um, players. And, yeah, of course. Like Dion in Colorado, he hired that college coach that was like the super offensive guru that everybody wanted as a coach. Right? He's the guy, you know, and then he gets to Colorado and halfway through the season, they're turning the offense over to somebody else. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just, a lot of, it's a risky business. And, it, and of course, even if you're doing a good job, but the results aren't there, you're done, man. It's no one, no one sits around and waits for you to grow up and be good at it. That's for sure. Yeah. A lot of these guys are getting fired. You were right about the, we did this when we did this episode, whenever, and you're like, how many coaches are gone? And you were, you were right. A couple of them are gone already. We're gone quickly before Christmas. And Oh yeah. All right. I got an unusual quiz time for you today. Not even about football. All right. All right, kids. Oh, good. Put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. Uh, yesterday, I wrote a joke about the Eagles, which I did in the opening. They fell off a cliff. Lemmings called them. I laughed at that joke. Offer their sympathy, right? I so I looked why. it up. I was like, I wanted to make sure I had the right animal. I was like, the lemmings are the ones that fling themselves off of the cliff. So here's my question for you, because I, I did, I did a little, I did a light dive on this. I didn't go deep, but it, the facts are weird and interesting. Uh, are lemmings, do lemmings fling themselves off of cliffs the way we think? Um, I, I don't know what a lemmings is. <laughs> it's like a gerbil. It's a little okay. rodent. It's a little rodent. All right. You're, you're, you're excused from and answering. I think I laughed at the joke cause I thought hmm. I don't, I, I did like lemmings to me. I thought I think of lemming as like a fool. Like isn't like he's a, he's a lemming. Like that's the way we use it. You follow the crowd blindly. You're a lemming because yeah. the okay. So the they do go have. off cliffs. Then then I'm gonna go. Yes, they go off cliffs because now that's okay. two things that would lead me to believe they fall off cliffs. All right, these are these are long running. This is interesting. I didn't know any. I'm not trying to lord this information over you. I'm trying to share it with the world because it's new to me. Okay. Lemmings, we have this image that uh, there's this like the sea of gerbil-like creatures that go chasing each other and run off cliffs to their death. And there's this long-standing myth about lemmings. And here's what happens: every three or four years, they have these huge population booms. <clears throat> and so lemmings, to the passive observer, come out of nowhere every few years. There's like a bunch of lemmings everywhere, and you don't like see cicadas? them otherwise. Yeah, it's a little cicada-ish. And some of the old stories, like in the 1500s, were that they would, the skies would rain them down. It was like a thing that would happen once in a while. Of course, none of that. 
<laughs> this was a biologist in the 1500s. Going, going back to how you're like, <laughs> nowadays, we're just making up facts. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but, but because of the population booms, there'll be too many lemmings in one area. And then a large group of them will break off and like go find a new home. And so lemmings do have these migrations. Okay. And sometimes they will come on a, come upon a river and many of them will drown, but they don't blindly kill themselves and they don't just blindly follow each other. That's a longstanding myth. Listen to this part. In 1958, like a the Disney, election? huh? Like, like, like the 2020 steel. <laughs> Stop it already. Okay. I'm just trying to piss off your fans. <laughs> 1958, a Disney documentary called white wilderness won the Academy award. And when they were filming it, they were eager to get some dramatic footage. So they staged lemming death plunge. They made it up and they pushed lemmings off the cliff and filmed it. And talked about the lemmings this running off like cliffs. sounds like conspiracy kook stuff to me, Mr. Rogers. I know this is exactly in the same line. I'm trying to like understand what's happening here. It turns out this was set in Antarctica. It turns out they filmed it in Alberta. And they right. transported the lemmings to the spot. And they jostled them on turntables and repeatedly shoved them off of a cliff for the camera. Wow. A Disney documentary in 1958. And so that imagery has been part of the mythology of the lemmings up to modern day, because that's the lesson that we all got about lemmings at the time. Because Disney is liar. Their Disney has been a liar. And, Disney and... is lying, just like Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, my. see, he works for them, doesn't he? He was worked for Disney. Oh, oh, oh. see, I see the connection now. <laughs> I love that, you, uh, that you're curious enough that you went and you're like looking it up and then you found the injustice. You're like, yes, but Disney has lied to us about lemmings. It's a there whole a, thing. It's not even real. There was like a Canadian show in 1982 that like was trying to uncover some of the animal abuse in these like different film operations, including Wild Kingdom, which was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Yeah. And they uncovered this story about the lemmings. Anyway. So there you go. So it's factually not true. The joke. Just a, a little reveal here at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pick a different thing that runs off cliffs. What I falls off I don't think there's cliffs. anything. The things are the, the mental image that we have. I don't know. Thelma and Louise, they really, they went off the cliff pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yes. Okay. You, you're trying to fix the joke. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thelma oh, by and the way, Louise I love the, fix. I love the run of, I, I really, it's, you, you do the thing that you do to me sometimes, like with that, um, it's the field so white. That I'm just like, all right, field's so white, Joe. And then, like, they're just, there's so many funny ones. Like, as you keep going, I'm like, oh, that's like, it just, I, it, that you just, you win me over <laughs> with the, with joke um, quantity, you know, and quality, actually. It's, you, that, that was a funny little run. I like, like, I, I ended up I'm happy to hear you off say not that, loving because... the premise and then loved it as it went. Oh, I'm happy to hear that because we do that about once a year now. And I just open it up to the field. And so most of those were written by the people on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you get like 150 responses. I didn't have responses. one white joke in there. I'm not happy about that. I got to write some yeah. white. I got to write some so white jokes. Hey, it's, there's still time. Yeah. Right. We'll do it every year. Save some up. 
Hopefully it'll snow uh, in the super playoffs. Super or, wild card weekend. Pretty soon. Super we'll playoffs. Yeah. Super wild card. It's um, all gonna be uh Niners and Ravens anyway, because the colors of the Super Bowl logo predetermined it. You've heard this story, right? Yes, that's an Aaron Rodgers story too. <laughs> it is. It was in the same conversation they were having about the about Jimmy Kimmel. It's, I, I can't give people conspiracy jokes because the Eagles collapse joke I wrote you was they they collapsed for no reason, like World Trade Center 7. You know, those are the, like, to me, I'm a, I believe conspiracies. So there a certain level of them. I'm like, there's one, I, one company that owns the money. You know what I mean? I, I understand. There's a, there's a military get, industrial I, complex. Like, I, I believe those things. I hear you. I understand. But this, it's completely insane, though. There has to be some... Yeah, there has to be some basis of truth in the conversation that you're having in the public square. Ugh. Makes me mad. Yeah, well. You They're know, sure he's like a sports. That's why you like sports, because generally in the end, it's about people competing against one another, and the result comes down to the actual game. You know, that's why yeah, there's so a certain purity about it. Like, about it. Right. Yeah. It's a, simp- it's a simplified metaphor for your the battles in your own life you know you sort of root for certain things to happen and certain outcomes and it's a simplified version of that yeah i think you're right where can people find you tom simmons uh they can find me here every couple of weeks doing this with you and uh <laughs> i have a like a video podcast that i do uh dumbest tom in the room so that's kind of fun you know a couple just old white guys sitting around talking I figured out how I want to do it now. I'm like I'm doing it based on like books and stuff I'm reading. You know, like if I have, if I'm, if uh, I was reading Elon Musk, we did a few episodes about Elon, you know, or if I'm now I'm reading about um, the book I'm starting now is about uh, decision making. Daniel Kahneman, he's a big guy about the brain and how we decision make and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm going to read that book and then talk to a brain guy. It's also a comic. Have him come in and talk. So I do stuff. I'm, that's how I'm starting to do it based on, based around like, you know, if I'm reading, uh, if I'm reading, reading the untethered soul or whatever, I get somebody in who's read that and is thinking along that lines too. You know, so that's, I I I just realized the stuff I read about and care about is, is, is also filled with topics that can fill an hour. You're like a, um, you're like a dude comic version of like a Oprah book club. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's like so much that I found like I, this reading this Kurt Vonnegut Man Without a Country. I I, uh, I was really like something about that book like gave me like a uh, like it's written from a stand up perspective. And he talks about how he was it's sort of autobiographical. And then it talks about all these topics that you and I and Bevin like we these are topics that we were talking about in 2006 and our whole careers. And huh. he's it's Carlin esque like in the way he just talks about the world and these issues that sort of that to me, we sounded like Aaron Rodgers talking about back then, you know, back, back in 2005 when we were like, they stole the election. They did blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, we're, this is about Mideast oil. There are no weapons of mass destruction. This, you know, all that stuff that we, hmm. you know, that we care. And he just writes about it. And by the end of the book, I was like, man, I'm just fucking proud of this guy. So I, I started doing a thing with Stuart and another comic friend of mine where I literally was like, I read the first chapter and we would stop as, as I was reading those five pages. Like when a topic came up, we'd be like, we'd have it. We'd start talking about it a little bit. I got to go listen to this. I saw a tiny clip of it, but I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. I think that's how most people are going to watch 
end up watching the podcast over time is if I do like five or 10 clips per episode or whatever, that's basically how they'll do it. But I just want to write, we, I just care about jokes. Williams. Yeah. 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 I just care about jokes, man. I care about writing jokes and, and having interesting conversations with my friends. So I, I just, I use it. I try to capture like, how do I do these ideas and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I, hopefully the best part is hopefully I'll get jokes about it, you know, and right. then they end up in my act. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of jokes, I'll be telling jokes in Pittsburgh, uh, not Pittsburgh, Erie, Pennsylvania, and Ashtabula, Ohio, and then uh, in Michigan in a couple of three weeks. Um, and you can get all the information at Kostaki.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you guys. And the handful of you guys who are watching, I very much appreciate you guys, too. There's actually a bunch of comments in here we didn't get to today. Yeah. Hey, thanks guys. for being here. Thanks for supporting us. We love you. We'll play a little out music, and we'll talk to you guys in a week. Got the music today. <laughs> All right, there's a good fadeaway moment. <laughs>